right. And uh, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Couch Confessions. I am Jonathan. I'm David. And I'm Zach. This was this is a weird one because for the first time, we've had more people on Couch Confessions than on uh, the BLH podcast. So Rob and I just got done recording yesterday um, the, the BLH podcast on gluttony, which all of y'all just happened to... Uh, <laughs> Decide not to be a part of. <laughs> in the middle of the day, I, I worked during the middle of the day, Jonathan. <laughs> it was it was just a strategic plan to throw y'all under the bus. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I've got y'all here for for our episode on singleness, so you can't escape the awkward just yet. Um, this is an interesting topic. Because when we think about relationships, I mean, David, when you brought this up, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that's totally a valid thing to talk about. But that was not something I had, had thought of as far as our discussion on relationships, you know? How unfair to yourself, Jonathan, really. Say what? <laughs> How unfair to you that is, you know, that you didn't even think of that. So, so, so actually... You're in our group, you know. <laughs> yeah, th- this whole episode is actually just a dating profile recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, the, it's the long game, is what Jonathan's playing here. It's the long, long game. <laughs> All right, if you need any help, you can contact us on any of our social media platforms at BLH Studios. <laughs> I'm five eight. I've got a great beard and a head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> what are you joking? That's about right. That's about where I am. Come on. Well, you saying I'm taller or shorter? Because that's not going to say that. Not saying that on air. <laughs> I didn't throw out my weight, so I'm good there. Yeah, that's fine. But his biceps are huge. Uh, he hits the gym regularly, ladies. <laughs> Got to make those tattoos look good. Yeah, that's right. Make them pop, man. Make them pop. <laughs> but no, but, this is uh, singleness, right? I mean, that's a that's a valid form of relationship. I mean, uh, relationship by yourself, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the that's the caveat, and maybe we wanna we wanna hit this real quick uh, before we get into some of the other things. But um, I mean, there's there's. Uh, there's a few facets of that because, you know, it's a relationship with yourself, which is important, right? Everybody's got to work that out regardless of what other relationships you have. But we still have that mandate of uh, or that warning from God that it's not good that man is alone. Mm-hmm. And obviously the solution there or a solution there was marriage, right? He creates Eve for Adam. And there's a lot of reasons for that, you know. We needed to populate the earth, so like marriage. But the the point is still there. Like it's not good for man to be alone, and we've talked about a bunch of different types of relationships here. And so, 
I think it's important to address right on the outset that even though today we're talking about your relationship with yourself, as a single person, it's important that you are not alone. Um, you have to still be in community. It's so Wait, important. Are you, are you telling me that even if I'm an introvert, I have to interact with others? It's Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Stop that. <laughs> but there's these memes about, like, uh, extroverts adopting introverts. But families need to adopt single people, right? Um, Rob's, Rob's family. Okay, I mean, you guys are great. You guys are my little community. Uh, but Rob and his wife, uh, you know, they've kind of sort of adopted me while I've been down here. I go to their place all the time. I have lunch with them. Um, I go over there and do life with them. And so even as a single person, I'm not alone. I have a family environment that I'm here with. I mean, I've got my family back up in North Carolina, and I have you all as friends. But uh, they've kind of shouldered some of that weight of kind of adopting me into their family as, as a single person. Yeah, you know, and I've had that experience too, you know. I am, uh, back in college, uh, a really good friend, and uh, him and his wife, um, they, they had just gotten married and uh, right at the, the end of my senior year, and uh, I, I hardcore third-wheeled that group, you know. I mean, that was that was it, you know. That was, that's where I was. They took me in. They, uh, they not only fed me. But they gave me a lot of attention that I needed, you know, during that stage of singleness. That's really important, you know, and it's, and it's good for single people to see healthy working relationships, too, up close. And so it kind of gives a little bit of insight there. Absolutely. Uh, there's a great book that, um, that I, I read a, a long time ago, and I'm not going to be able to quote any of it right now, but uh, it's the book Blue Like Jazz. And, I mean, there's a lot of, of really interesting things in that. I'm not saying that all of it's true or all of it's right, but it's a lot of really interesting uh, views on Christianity, philosophically, theologically. But one of the things that the writer notes is that the a church that he was a part of had a, a home, kind of like an apartment home situation, and uh, single people were, the, the single people within the church were encouraged to to live there, single men. They had one for single women and one for single men, and it was a community environment. So nobody lived alone. Uh, nobody f- had to feel like they were alone. And even if they were single for a season or for a, for a lifetime, they had a, a community. They had a home. They weren't living by themselves. They were living in daily community. And I think that was that was something that really stuck out to me. Like that's that's a really awesome thing. And we we don't see that in churches. Um, much today. Usually the church's solution is if you're single, well, here are five uh, candidates for you. If you don't like any of them, I guess something's wrong with you. You know, like, here's your young adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe their young adult ministry is, is better for you. And, and really, let's be honest, young adult ministries are just like single, uh, single mixers for churches. Like, that's, that's all they are. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're meant to be. You know, I mean, the the whole goal is, is to level you up, which we'll get to in a little while, I'm sure. But it's, it's extremely important for singles to uh, to have a network uh, of people, right, to have other relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going to 
we'll, we'll get to um, to back to that, I'm sure. But I think I want to move us forward and, and talk about singleness in Scripture yeah. and try to understand where singleness is, like where you can find singleness in Scripture. Because I, I don't know if everybody knows that singleness is actually called out in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, if, if you had specifics, uh, you go, go ahead. I know I've got some general uh, ideas. I don't have... I don't have, uh, yeah, references here with me, but if you've got, like, a specific reference, let... i to lay it up for Zach there, since, since he mentioned one earlier that, you know... Yeah. You got it? Uh, I don't have the passage in front of me, because, uh, forgive me, I, I wasn't in um, my study when I came to recording this evening, but the, the thing that needs to be clearly said is that singleness is actually uh, preferred and encouraged by two pivotal characters in our faith that being our savior jesus christ and the apostle paul so when someone starts throwing some shade on singleness um it it, it wouldn't hurt for them to do a quick check on scripture because i think the words that paul uses are it is better for you to stay single now if you have to get married so you don't sin do so otherwise stay single so you can be focused to do the work that god's called you to do yeah. yeah, that's the one I was thinking of right there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that that phrase, if you have to be married. Like, if you gotta, like, if you just can't control yourself, <laughs> fine, go get married. But I'd rather you be single. And it's for that, that purpose that you mentioned, Zach, is for you, for you to focus on the gospel. Um, and that's just not, not our culture's perception of it. No, yeah. No, we, um... For some reason, uh, we we see um, the development of families, and I, I think it has a historical context, which I'll bring up in just a second. But I think there's a um, there's a focus on raising the family to become a Christian family, a Christian nuclear family, um, and try to develop Christian communities with those families more so than a focus on going out into the world. Uh, and spreading the gospel. Um, and so not that those two things are separate, right? I mean, they, they can be together, but there's definitely a different direction when you're creating your own family and focusing on your own family instead of focusing on others outside of your family. You know, and I think that's what Paul really was trying to get at there was where it's limited time. 2,000 years ago, Paul really did believe that Jesus was coming back in his lifetime, I believe. And mm-hmm. so there was a rush. There was a desire to make sure that the whole world, as quickly as possible, could hear about the Christ and what he had done to save the world uh, from their sins rather than sit around and make babies. Yeah. Well, I, and this leads into something we'll probably get into it more later, but the, the end result, even of the relationships of that, what we're talking about is do what you are called to do. Mm. If God has called you to singleness, then be excited about that and do it well, do it right and do it with all your might. If God has called you to marriage and parenting, do it well, do it right and do it with all your might. If he's called you to lead, teach, preach, whatever that particular gifting is, do it well, do it right, and do it with all your might. Yeah. I think you bring up something uh, interesting there, David, that I hadn't hadn't necessarily considered. I think you're hitting on something, and I don't think it's, it's true for everyone, but I think there is 
um, a bit of that, like it, it's easier now. It seems easier, right? Parents will attest to this and statistics will attest to this, that this is not actually easier, but it seems easier. I'll just have kids and I will teach them the gospel. That's easier to do than go out and witness to complete strangers and build relationships. My kids are in my home. I have, I have some authority over them. I've got some direction in their life. This random dude on the sidewalk, I've got to spend a lot of time building a relationship with him before I can even get to bringing up the gospel. Now, obviously, that's not the case. As, as many parents will tell you, it's hard to raise a kid in the faith, and we see numbers of kids leaving churches, you know, out of high school, and, and some of them thankfully come back, you know, in their later 20s into 30s or stuff like that. But I think that might be some of the mentality is like, that's how I'm going to make disciples is through my kids. But that's not the call on us. That's not only the call. That is a call. That's a valid thing, but that's not the only call that you have. And I'm not trying to insult parents. I'm not. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm not trying to insult parents, but I I will say though, um, you know, we were talking before the podcast started that there's levels um, in our culture, right? Mm. There's levels, Uh, and so singleness is at the generally at the bottom of the rung. Uh, Marriage is next up, and then parenthood is kind of like at the top. Yeah. You know, and then some people would say that grandparenthood is actually like the saint of all because you get to have the kids, but you get to bring them back, right? So that's like everybody's dream. Um, but, you know, parent, parenting is above marriage. And, um, and, you know, in a lot of regards, I, each step takes more work, yeah. right? Each step takes more work uh, in, in our closest of relationships. Um, you know, we we were all single for a long time before getting married, and, uh, and Jonathan, you're still single, but that means nothing against you as we're talking about this podcast. Yeah. It's not an indictment on anything with you or anything. Um, I, I stayed single until 25, and uh, Zach, when did you get married, man? I was also married at 25. Yeah, 25. So that that's um that's a little bit later than our some of our Bible uh Bible uh, college. <laughs> Uh, you know, cohort, uh, cohorts. But um, my point is to say that, you know, that we like to think of ourselves leveling up over time. So we go from our singlehood stage to marriage stage, to the parenthood stage. Um, and that is culturally more acceptable um, and, and usually seen as a good and right thing to level up at certain times of life. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so you know, you start to hear the whispers around the age thirty. Why aren't you a parent yet? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean that that's generally what. What are you going to be? You're 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 going to be sixty by the time your kids graduate from high school. You know, if you're getting older than that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that's that's not true. But that's the general word on the street. You know, I mean, they start asking you after two years of marriage. So when are you going to have kids? You know, and it's gotten a lot quieter over the years. Uh, I think so. that's one of the better things about social media has been that, you know, some of us get more of a leeway. People start saying, hey, look, not you don't have to go at everybody else's pace. You know, yeah. you get to hear more people. Um, and, and so it's your own track, you know, what God has it planned for you. And you don't have to feel bad about it necessarily. But um, but it, it is that leveling up mentality. And then you start to rationalize. 
And so, like, okay, well, I leveled up to parenthood. Now the mission field isn't as easy. Well, I'm, I, I'm leveled up to marriage. Well, how, how much time and resources did you put into trying to get married? Talking to myself here, right? How, how much time and resources did I put into trying to get married that I could have been utilized for God's purposes, maybe somewhere else, spreading the gospel? You know, and it's not just the sense of commission that we make, but it's also the sense of omission in our lives and uh, that we'll be held responsible for. And so I oft think about, um, uh, you know, the counterfactual realities um, that could have been if, if I had stayed single or if I'd used my singlehood maybe in a better way. So, Yeah, fair, fair, fair point there. Uh, and it, it's, it is, I mean, there is this sense of, now, thankfully, yeah, it's become more acceptable to go at your own pace. But I mean, even with, I mean, we did this when we were, when, when the rest of y'all were like me. Um, I mean, there were jokes about that, about being single, but it does get, I mean, man, like that's really disheartening if you let it get to you. I mean, even within my own family, not to really throw them under the bus, I absolutely love them, but there are times when I go up to visit for a big family function that I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, they're going to ask me. They're going to ask me. And it's, it is soul-crushing a little bit of like, like, can't I just be? Like, yeah, I, I would love to be in a relationship. I would love to be married. I think that's what God has for me, to be a parent. If he doesn't, that's fine too. But just the stigma around it. But I will say this, going to your later point, David, as a single person, I have so much agency. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. I don't have to check with people. I have agency to do, to do, to live, to be, to make these decisions, to make decisions that might seem um, that if I were married would put my wife at risk or if I had kids would put my kids at risk. I have that freedom to move around and do what God has asked me to do. Now, again, I've played those same games that you do of maybe I could have used my singleness better. And, you know, I, you can always play that shoulda, coulda, woulda. All, all you can do is, like, be better the next time around. You know, I'm, I'm still single, so I can still make those decisions and try to be better uh, until, until the Lord reveals to me, like, hey, here's this woman I want you to marry. Or until he's like, hey, like, this is just who you are for, for this is what I've called you to be. But either way, it's using the time I've got, you know, Zach, what you said, you know, if he's called you to do that, do it right, do it with all your might. Um, but there's a lot of freedom that comes with being single. There's a lot of advantages that come from that. And, um, and if you're single, you've just got to, man, it sucks. You know, you gotta, you gotta shake off the stigma. You gotta shake off all the, the weird things. And you just gotta know that, there is freedom here that married people don't have that people with children mm-hmm. don't have. Yeah. Well, I also think something else to like, you're, you're not just, is there freedom? There's also certain risk factors. Um, like for myself, for David to go out and make certain plays when it comes to ministry or certain actions, when it comes to how we share the gospel, um, we, we don't have the ability to just up and do them because there's a risk factor that we are now eternally held responsible for these lives. Um, it would not be responsible for me to get up, 
tomorrow, quit everything and just go to Malaysia to go preach the gospel. That's no longer a feasible, responsible option for me because I have to be uh, the steward of my home when it comes to my two small children and my wife. So, uh, Jonathan, if you were called to that, you could do it. Mm -hmm. Not that I couldn't do it, but you don't have that same responsibility as I do. So there's a risk factor. There's a freedom factor. um, And uh, something else that like we kind of touched on, I don't know if you wanted to get into it now, but there's also this self-awareness element of like, okay, so a lot of the language you were using just a second ago, Jonathan, was very shame um, oriented when it comes to singleness. Like, oh, it's a shame that you're still single. It's a, it's a, it's a kick the can that you're still single. But I, I don't think that singleness has to be that. I think our culture has uh, indoctrinated that philosophy into us. Um, but I don't think it has to be that way. But again, that, that ties into that self-reflection topic we were kind of touching on earlier. Yeah. Well, one thing before we get into that is just to to back up some biblical things. And and David, you had mentioned this earlier. And so these are some of the the general references I've got there. Obviously, you said, you know, Paul and Jesus. And uh, I mean, most of the disciples, now, now we're not certain, right? It's there might be some extra biblical resources out there. I'm just I'm just not looking them up right now that might go to say, okay, John was married or James or, 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 you know, some of the other disciples were married. But at least from the point of view of Scripture, and again, not to knock marriage. Marriage is a very important thing in Scripture. God uses marriage to, to be a metaphor, a picture of his relationship to us. So it's highly valuable. And Paul but, talks to great deal about uh, marriage. Marriage was established before the church, just saying. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge deal. But every image we see of the disciples is in a single setting. Them as individuals. Not saying that they might not have had wives, but that wasn't their focus. That wasn't that was never pictured in any of the epistles. Any any of the in Acts. Like that's not what's being communicated. These are people who are going out as individuals to go out and do the work of the, of the gospel. These are people, these are men who are called to go to these various places, these hard circumstances, and to witness. And it's always seen as a just them, not them and their family. You don't see that picture. And so, again, they might have gotten married later. They might have been married then, and there might have just been some, some difficult conversations that they had in that time. But the image we see is them as individuals going out and doing the work of the gospel. And so for single people, like that, that is your freedom. And if you're following after Christ, if you're dedicated to that and you're, you're, you're actually living as a Christ follower to the best of your ability, that is the freedom that you have is to be like one of those disciples who can use their singleness uh, to their advantage to spread the gospel. And that's, that's a great point, Jonathan. I, I like that you bring up the disciples and, uh, and show how it is. Um, it's not individual in the sense that they're doing it as a group, right? As, a, as a, all mm-hmm. believers there and that they need right. each other, each other. Um, but it's definitely, uh, you don't have a picture of marriage or family like what you're talking about. Right. They are, so, yeah, I've never really even thought of about 
about it that way, but that's absolutely right. And I mean, that's what Paul's getting at there uh, from what from what Zach was talking about earlier. You know, it, it would be best if you do not have to get married so you have these freedoms, you know, mm-hmm. so you can have this sense of urgency in the field, um, you know, planting, planting the seeds that will be harvested, so. But, um, but uh, yeah, so, something, else, something else I wanted to jump on real quick there as well. Um, so one of the things I think uh, we've talked about this with friendship is that singleness, it, you started off, Jonathan, by saying it's not good for men to be alone. And that is absolutely true. But you can also help not be alone by having strong bonds of friendship. And I think the apostles do a really good job of modeling this factor of it when it came to their ministry is that even it, whether or not they were married or not, they were normally two by two. And I think there's a strong reason for that because when there's one other, I, I will always work harder if it's for someone else's benefit. Um, I will always do better and be more responsible if I know there's someone else in the line. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so this is some great, great stuff about just validating that singleness. But, but Zach, you had started to bring up that idea of self-awareness, right? So singleness gives you an opportunity for that. So can can you speak a little bit more about that of how can we use our singleness to, to help with that process? Yeah. Well, you already kind of touched on the whole idea of, of freedom that when you're single, uh, you don't have to refer to, to a spouse or children when it comes to their needs and their response responsibilities. It's like, all right, do I want to do it? Yes. No. Okay. Let's go. Um, versus while well, if I want to hang out with you guys for the day, I have to do a couple things. All right. Do I want to do it? Yes, no. Can I do it due to what's being required with my children? Yes, no. Uh, is it also uh, okay for my wife who's also working really hard to be left with the kids all day? Yes, no. So there's, there's just a lot more. It's like a flow chart that gets <laughs> incre- increasingly more complicated the more factors you get. And children and marriage are, are definitely complicating factors. Wonderful factors, but very complicating. You start to build more of a complex system, right? I mean, that's that's what it always is. And so, you know, I I don't have children, like I've said, and, uh, and so it's not that complex for me. I, I just got to check with one person, you know, but like Chato was saying, he doesn't have to check with anybody, He's, you know. And so you just, you always keep adding as you start, as you keep, quote, leveling up. Um, I think the, the, the aspect of self-awareness comes in the fact that you have a lot of time as a single person to explore yourself um, in your surroundings, so your current surroundings, and if you move around in new surroundings, you also get to examine yourself when it comes to different levels of friendship, um, and and you start to realize more about who you are and, and start to take that in and have the opportunity uh, to take that in uh, and reflect maybe for longer periods of time because you don't have the responsibilities that maybe a marriage brings along with it and the complicating factors that children bring along, you know? So just having the more time, maybe, um, you know, it's not saying that those of you who are parents don't have, you know, time to reflect. I'm not saying that you can always make time for that, but being single, you have a lot of time to be able to, to understand what it is that you, what it is, is, uh, that God's putting on your heart, you know, right at that moment, you know, where do you need to be type of thing? Questions we should all be asking ourselves, but especially those who are single and, and can move around with more freedom. Well, I think that uh, one thing is too, is that, uh, who we are starts to, um, 
shift and change based on those around us. And so in the sense of a marriage, your personalities start to blend to some degree or, or start to get molded by the other person for good and for bad. Like that, that, that's, not, that's not a bad thing, but who you are is, is starting to be seen through the light of your partner and then through your kids that happens. There's always that trope of, of the husband and wife that after the kids have left the, left the nest, what do we do now? I forgot what I enjoyed before we had kids. Like hobbies? What hobbies? I don't have hobbies. And, and not saying that you can't have hobbies when you have kids, but when you start to get so engrossed in, in those responsibilities, uh, it's hard to really develop who you are because you're trying to think of who you are in light of that person. And so as a single person, it's like I, I have all the time in the world to really think about who I am, what do I enjoy, um, what makes me tick, what, what, what am I passionate about. And that can be difficult when entering a relationship because it's like I'm so steadfast in who I am. It's hard to, to balance that with who you are. Um, but it, it really does help with just that. And I mean, and again, not everybody is meant for a relationship as much as our culture likes to think that. Not everybody is, but even those in those long periods of singleness, if that's just a season, if God does have somebody for you, it can help you prepare for that relationship by knowing yourself better. That can help you because then you're not trying to figure yourself out and figure this other person out. You've, you've figured yourself out, and so you can be more, more open with that person. Maybe I'm off base here. Again, I haven't crossed that that threshold, but from from this side, that's that's what I see. Well, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a dissenting faction on some of it. I think it's very important for you to know who you are before you go in marriage. Yeah. Um, but I also think that uh, you've already you've already hit on this before. You you start to change a little bit, like how you start to see yourself uh, changes in light of the other person. Um, I don't think that you could ever be ready for marriage. Uh, I don't. I don't think that singleness should necessarily be seen as a time to prepare for that quote leveling up mm. season of marriage because I, it, it's not the same game. It's not the same game. You know, it's like it's like trying to say, well, okay, well, I'm going to use football in high school to prepare for for my MLB career. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait a second, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's great. Uh, athleticism is fantastic on any field, <laughs> but uh, it's not it's not the same game. Um, and, and it's because the rules are different. Mm. You know, the rules are different. Now, it, you're the same person in it, you know, and as you, you know, as you start to develop and you always continue to grow and develop. But, you know, that that, you, you know, I'm, I'm still David, no matter who, you know who I was before marriage and now after marriage, I'm still the same person, but, uh, but it is a, it's a totally different game that you're playing. So I don't think you can ever be prepared for it. And I don't know if Zach will agree with me or not on that one, but that's me. Uh, well, I, I would agree with that. I would also agree with that when it comes to child rearing, uh, you know, marriage does not prepare you for having kids. Um, it, it's a completely different set of skills. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's kind of like a natural stepping stool. Like you, hopefully or following God's plan of having marriage before you have kids. Not that we're, we're shaming people that haven't had that cycle, but that typically was the pattern that he had planned. 
Um, but the point is, is that it's a different set of skills. Um, just like you're saying with different sports, like if I practice rugby, I'm not going to be really good at tennis. Um, there's some things that translate. Sure. But at the same time, it's not the same sport. Um, so that, that's what I would say to that. I, I do like this. This is, this is interesting. This is an interesting take because from a different perspective, right? Obviously like what you guys are saying, that, that's true. They're not the same thing. Um, my skills as a single person do not necessarily tra- make me better at dating. Um, often they make me worse. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, but the other thing is when we think of it that way, we're cheapening the experience that we're in. We go back to that leveling up mindset. If I think my singleness is to prepare me for marriage, what if marriage never happens? I've wasted my singleness and I have not appreciated the season that I, that God has called me to be in or the lifestyle that he's called me to live. If you're married and you think this marriage is going to prepare me for kids, then you're not appreciating the marriage that you've been given, the season that God's placed you in or the lifestyle that he's placed you to be because that's not always God's design for everybody to be married with kids. Maybe he's just got you as a married family that doesn't have kids and can be a blessing for, for countless other people. Cause you don't have that extra expense or that extra responsibility. We'll get into marriage later. Next yeah. Week. But, but that's a good shift and that's not something I had thought about. Cause even before we talked, we're like, well, how do you use singleness to prepare? But just what you said, like that, that it's the wrong mindset to go into it as, and I had never considered that. Learn the tools of uh, singleness that lead to marriage, uh, and that, that's the skills of doing housework. Yeah. <laughs> Learn to cook for yourself. Uh, I, uh, I think we could also get into communication uh, and self-awareness, that uh, you will be much more effective in the dating sphere if you can communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will be much more effective in the dating sphere if you know yourself and can take the time to like, okay, how do I improve myself or what, are, what do I appreciate? And how do I express my needs versus recognizing the needs of others? Um, but I, I also think that it's uh, important to mention that uh, my mind just went blank. Um, David, you were talking about marriage. Uh, yeah, I think it's important it, to develop communication skills, even as a single person that's going to stay a single person, because your effect on other people's lives still will grow, even if you don't, uh, if, if you're not, you know, God's plan for you is not marriage. You know. Okay. Thank you, David. You, you triggered in my memory what I was trying to say. So um, one of the things that I did while I was a single person that had a huge influence on my marriage, but has also had an effect on other relationships in my life was a book called Sacred Marriage. Now, it is a marriage book. So the author's intent was to write it for marriage individuals. But the principles that he talks about in that book, I made the realization that they could apply to any relationship, or at least I should apply these ideas to any relationship. So I would highly encourage our readers, if you haven't read Gary Thompson's uh, Sacred Marriage book, that you should, because uh, if, you, if you are single and you want to improve your relationship with your friends, it's a great book. If you're uh, not single, I'd recommend it because it's a great book that'll help you in your uh, spousal relationship. There you go. Well, we've uh, we've I think we've we've pretty well covered a lot of issues here with with singleness, or just a lot of ideas with that. Um, I, 
I want to give you guys an opportunity to, to throw some final thoughts in there, but, but my final thoughts are at least, um, one, don't be ashamed to be single, right? That's, that might be God's call for your life. You'll never know unless you're developing that relationship with God, which is what we started with. That's the most important, right? So don't be ashamed to be single. That might be what God has for you right now, and it might be what he has for you for your life. Um, and, and live into that. Uh, but also stay connected because it's not good for man to be alone. It, it's You need these other relationships. So even if you are called to do that, um, do it well by being in community with other people. Uh, so th- those are those are kind of my two like points of like, that's what I want you to focus on. Uh, guys, what do you have? So many final thoughts or final words on this issue? Uh, as far as last things on this if you are this ties into the whole self-awareness element if you're struggling with the idea of singleness if you really want to change the idea of singleness i would challenge you to really think about it why do you have the thoughts that you have about it what are your preconceived notions about it what is god calling you to do and i would suggest you get a mentor involved in it because while i'm not i'm sure you're intelligent enough to think through it by yourself that's not the point uh, God didn't create us as social creatures to make it through our lives by ourselves, fronting the weight and having broad shoulders. He created us to be in communion. He created us to be in community with other believers, and especially with those that have gone before us that can see things that we can't necessarily in ourselves. Um, for me, for last thoughts, I think uh, I think I want to remind our listeners to think about their regrets, and I, I it's kind of like a somber ending for me a little bit. But don't think about how it's going to feel um, later in life when you when you reach, you know, down the road, three, five, ten, even 20 years later, um, regardless of whether or not you're married, whether or not you have kids, whether or not you're a grandparent in 30, 40 years from now. Think about the time your singleness. Think back on your singleness, that stage you're in right now, if you are single. Um, what what do you want to account for? What do you want to account for? Um, when God looks at you on judgment day and, and not reject you, and I, I'm not saying that, right? I'm not, when I, when I, when I'm talking about the judgment that's coming for Christians, it's not, you know, heaven or hell for, you know, you, you're going straight to hell. You know, that's not what I'm, that's not what we're getting at here. Um, but it is about those, those things that we could have done for him and his name. Mm-hmm. Um, think about that. Think about how it's going to feel when you're standing there and you have to account for the time, your resources, um, and, and the lack of connections that you made leading others towards Christ, mm. you know, and, and think about how you can better use your singlehood. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice sobering reminder there. I do appreciate that. Uh, well, that's all we've got for you tonight on Couch Confessions. Um, appreciate you joining along with us. Uh, are we we talking about marriage next time, right? Next next week we're going to talk about marriage. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have some 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 special guests in mind for that. Some nice surprises for that conversation. We'll we'll see. Don't keep poking for us. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of checks and balances. There's a lot of things we got to figure out, but that, that'd be awesome. 
Uh, so looking forward to, to hearing about that and hearing your guys' take on marriage. Um, and, and yours, by the way, and yours. We, we took our take on singlehood, so now you get to tell us your take on marriage. Well, well y'all have been single. I have not been married. <laughs> I've I've been in proximity of married people, but I have not been married. Hey, that actually, uh, we'll talk about that next week, but I think that gets a lot of insight. So, I'm wondering you might think. All right. Well, thank you guys. Oh, wait, say that again? I think it's time for the jam. <laughs>